Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So it was beginning of December, sitting on the floor, and we were fighting about something. And he says, you know what? Maybe he said, uh, you know, you've been stressing me out so much. He said, you know, I talked to some friends and, you know, maybe we need to take a break or maybe I need to live somewhere else for a little bit. And I just said, I said, look, let me read you something I wrote. And I had journaled all the various infractions. And um, I said to him, I said, you know, it's like there's these two sides of you. I said, it feels like the one side of you I know really well and would never hurt me. But I said, it just seems like there's this other side of you that's like capable of stuff that I couldn't conceive you being capable of. And I said, I am trying so hard. I've been trying so long in therapy, but I said, it's like, I can't get these two sides like together. Like I I can't. And I was like, and I know you've done so much and you've proven you've done so much with me, but I can't. And so I said the phrase again, you know, it's like you have these two sides. And he did this thing with his face, Donna, that looking back, I realized he had done this a number of times when I had said something that he didn't expect me to say. Um, So it's you blink and you miss it. But I said that to him and in point in half of a blink, his face did this thing where it's like his his eyelids got really big for a second and the corner of his mouth curled up a little bit um so it was like a blink of an eye and it almost looked like a, a little like flash of delight um and it's like his eyes got big and i noticed that happened maybe a handful of other times throughout the relationship where i think i I'd said something that he didn't know or something, and it was that little smile. Um, I'd never seen that before. Um, I have a word for it now that it's called duper's delight. I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. This is part two of the story of Susanna who thought she was in a romantic relationship with Luke. Susanna and Luke are not their real names. To protect everyone's privacy, all names have been changed. Part 1 describes how Susanna slowly slid into the involvement, which appeared to be safe and caring, until it wasn't. In this episode, we learn the disturbing truth about Luke's actions which he hid so well for so long. Luke did have a disturbing other side, but when times were good, they were some of the happiest moments of Susanna's life. So we go to this place in our state that has the cleanest and clearest and biggest lake um, on the East Coast. There's mountains that kind of trickle down into it. you know, we get there and it's like we get our own little world. You know, we'll go to these small towns. We'll we'll get a really cool Airbnb, you know, we'll um, we'll go to whatever small town store there is and and kind of laugh at the different characters. And uh, for me, I love humans and I love different types. And so I'm never laughing at them, but I, I just love meeting all new types of people. So it's like we go to this small town. It's aesthetically beautiful. Um, we're having fun. By this point, you know, I was so comfortable with him. This was my other half. This was my biggest support. Um, and so it, it's like we were in our own little world in this beautiful setting, kind of getting away from the hustle and bustle. And, um, you know, I wake up, 
um, to him. Um, he's had coffee made for me. Um, he's made breakfast and he's got it all set up out on this patio that's overlooking these beautiful mountains um, in the lake. And he just, it's, I can't put into words what it feels like, but in some of those moments, you know, I would think about my whole life, you know, as a little girl and all the rough or hard things I had been through. And I, and I remember having this feeling of, oh my gosh, what a blessing and how lovely it is to be able to experience this, to be loved by somebody. Um, and I loved the feeling of loving him too. It expanded my heart in ways that I didn't know I was capable of, you know? Um, and so with us, when things were good, it's nonstop laughing. It is nonstop, just everything. On many occasions, after returning from these wonderful heart-lifting trips, Luke withdrew into cold silence. And it wasn't just like, you know, oh, I'm ignoring you. It's that I don't exist. It was traumatizing. So I slowly got trained not to react at all to this. You know, any peep out of me, any slight deflated expression for me, I was ridiculed and condemned. Um, I either had to wait for it to pass, wait for him to just finally pull the plug on me, or see if I had any opening to pull him out of it. I remember on a few occasions, I would just be sitting there completely paralyzed. If my despair wasn't hidden enough on my face, it was the tone of my voice. It was my silence in the face of his silence. Um, if I was too upbeat, it was crazy. So I just sat there completely still like I was in a straitjacket. There would be this immense lump in my throat and this heavy sorrow in my stomach. I wanted to cry and call my mom and have someone save me, but I wanted him to be warm again, to see value in me again, but I also didn't want to leave his side. It would be just as scary either way, but if I was at least with him, he couldn't cheat on me. He couldn't spend time with that girl and contrast his time with her to this deflated, teary-eyed, nagging charity case of me that he got stuck with. You know, I would think that if I rode out the darkness, I might have an opportunity to bring him back into liking me. Susanna developed an entire routine to prevent her face from giving away her emotions. She kept red-eye relief drops in her pocket. When she and Luke went out, she brought mini travel ice packs to place under her eyes to bring down the puffiness and hide that she'd been crying. You know, we had plans to go do this with his friend and his wife. And the night before, um, I think I had brought up, you know, we hadn't been intimate for a really long time. He had done a number of things that day that were super disrespectful. And I, I tried to speak to him and, and basically say like, you know, hey, am I doing something? And he just did this 180 and he just said, Susanna, why don't we just freaking call it quits, okay? And, and I was stunned. It, like, he was just so ready to drop me. And he said, you know, if we're not having sex, are we really just more than friends? Um, and, you know, not long before that, he was talking with his mom about getting a wedding ring for me. Um, I was devastated. Um, he, I, I basically begged him to stay. I said, I will be better. I will be better. And he left it up of okay, I guess we'll try and make it work. And I was so dejected. I mean, I was losing my mind and I go home and I couldn't sleep um, for, for a bit. And then um, the next day rolls around and I didn't know if he was going to break up with me or not. Um, apparently he said, all right, I guess we'll go to, you know, his friend's house. I'm like, okay. And we're in the car on the way there. And he is just ice cold ice cold and I'm in that thing where I'm in a straight jacket again and I've got all this stuff rumbling inside of me he said you know your face is palpable and for that just wrecked me um right as we pull up right and he had told me on the way there um you know we'll say his friend's name is Steve he was like you know I told Steve that you know 
you kind of had a meltdown last night. I don't know if we we're going to make it, but we're going to come anyway. And and I just had this feeling. I had my ice packs with me, all of that. I said, I cannot, cannot seem like how he described me. And so then, you know, I come in, um, I ask Steve if I can use his bathroom, and then I do my routine. Susanna employed her routine to camouflage her distress when she was around other people. So what I would do is, you know, in the car ride leading up to wherever we'd go, it would feel like I increasingly feel like I just needed to throw up tears, you know? So I would essentially go in the bathroom and I would burst out in tears silently. You know, I I think I would count. I wouldn't let myself do it for more than 30 seconds. Um, God, it's crazy saying this out loud. Um, So I would push it, push it out, try and get as much as possible. I would do um, three counted breaths, in for four, hold for four, out for four. I'd put the eye drops in, and then it was these little ice packs I would take out of my bag, and I would tilt my head back a little bit, and um, I would I would let them sit there. I would let the eye drops sink in, and I would pinch this part of my hand so that I didn't start crying again while the um, eye drops and the ice packs were um, taking care of my face. Um, and I would come back out and, and there'd be some, th- that night I remember Luke almost looking at me with a glare as I'm making his friend and his friend's wife laugh and were being jovial. And I could, I, I, looking back, I think, I, I think Luke was looking at me with immense anger and confusion of how is she pulling this off. Susanna worked hard to overcome her anxiety about her relationship with Luke. She'd been around psychology her whole life. Her mother was a clinical professional. Susanna grew up believing that people acted for a reason and were capable of change. Luke continued to have bouts of sullen depression and implied that it was her fault. Susanna believed him. I was meeting with my therapist eventually two times a week to figure out what in the world was wrong with me. I mean, we did everything. We did EMDR back to like my infancy. We were trying to track and find something of why I couldn't trust him, something of why I kept reacting. I mean, this was two years, twice a week. I am working tirelessly and we cannot come to a conclusion. We couldn't, you know, it's like, and, and my therapist, you know, I had to work through resentments with this. You know, she, the whole time, the phrase she would say is, well, this would only make sense if he were a sociopath, but we know that he's not because he's not charming and he's not that bright. And I would agree with her. It was always said it would be like, you know, well, Susanna, maybe you are overreacting because the only way this would make sense would be if he were a sociopath. These are people, my mom, my my therapist, I mean, they have been doing clinical work for all these years. I'm surrounded by family, friends that are psychologists. Nobody could figure it out. Nobody. You know, all I knew was that I was a mess and I was swimming in it. In April 2022, after dating for about a year and a half, Luke's apartment lease was up and he suggested that they move in together. Susanna had mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, if Luke wanted to live together, it must mean he was going to stick around. On the other hand, she didn't know if they were ready to take this step. One thing she did know, she could not tolerate him continuing to work every day with that other woman, Tori. Every single day he's in that studio with that girl, I'm terrified. Um, And so I I told him, I said, listen, Luke, if I'm going to sign on to this lease, I cannot put up with another year of you working with that girl. I said, I know you didn't do anything. Um, I know you would never betray me. But um, for me, it's causing me, I said, you know, I looked up, there's this thing, betrayal trauma. And even though you didn't betray me, it felt like you did. And I said, I'm worried for my health and I'm worried for us. I was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to relax. So I, I finally, 
I put that boundary in place. Um, and I remember him saying he, he was a little bit of, he was like, Oh, okay. And so then, you know, he, he was angry. He was upset about that. Um, then he goes to work. He calls me later and he says, okay, um, I made arrangements. He said, I'm not going to tell Tori, but me and some of the other guys are going to look into getting a studio just ourselves. And we're not going to tell her because she's probably going to come with. And I said, okay, I'm willing to do it. So they agreed to move in together. In June, they found a big three-bedroom apartment in one of the coolest areas of town. In August, they could move in. Coincidentally, and thankfully, Tori was out of town all spring and summer. So she was gone this whole period, and um, everything was great. Um, we got the place the night we got it. We, we drove by at night. We look at it, and I almost had tears in my eyes. We literally skipped through the streets. Like, I was so excited. The summer was great. Susanna and Luke went on another trip. Susanna's brother got married. At the wedding, Luke met many people who were important to Susanna. He was the consummate gentleman. August rolled around, and they moved into their new apartment. For the first month, at least, things were awesome. Um, we had, at this point, we celebrated our two-year anniversary. We got to make dinner in our house ourselves. Sometimes it felt like every night was a party, you know? We used to say, ah, oh, no parents, sleepover, you know? Like, we were just like, I don't know, just having a lot of fun. He he loved these pictures of me when I was little and, and put them around the house. And, um, um, you know, even one morning, I think this was the last really good morning, it was like, I woke up in our home. I had both of our cats there on the bed with us. He comes in with coffee and he just kisses me on the head and he said, God, I love our life together. Um, and I did too in that moment. Still, Susanna worried about what would happen when Tori returned. She kept scanning her social media. Then she saw what she was afraid of. Tori was back. I needed to know what was happening. So I saw she was back in town and it was just like, um, I found that out. It was a Tuesday. By the end of Tuesday, I had three cyclical panic attacks. Um, and it was out of my body. I'd never had a panic attack before. So I had to look it up. I had to call my therapist, my mom, my sponsor. I said, I don't know what's happening. I think I'm having a heart attack. I said, it's a panic attack. And just imagine for a second, truly believing that this is all your fault, all in your head, and you just can't get a grip on this reaction and that things are going so great in this relationship and he's giving you every reason to trust him, but somehow you just keep screwing it up. And I couldn't control it. In October, Susanna's father, who was older and diabetic, suffered a heart attack. Susanna's mother texted Luke and asked him to gently break the news to Susanna that her dad had been admitted to the hospital. Luke comes in, is very gentle with me, tells me that um, my mom creates a group chat with me, Luke, my brother, my brother's wife, and her. You know, So by this point, it was essentially like he was a part of the family. And this was a big, intimate thing. It was a scary time. As Susanna worried about her father, she also worried that his illness would derail her relationship with Luke. Eventually, it was looking pretty bad towards the end. And, you know, I, my symptoms had been increasing before this. My panic attacks were increasing. Um, so I already, you know, wasn't on good behavior, I guess. And I was so afraid about my outbursts. Um, affecting him. So I actually assured him when it was looking bad with my dad, I said, Luke, I want to promise you, I'm not going to be that upset about this. I've, I've been planning for this my whole life. I'm in a good place in my life. I just, just don't worry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be hysterical. I'm not going to make things worse for us. I'm going to be working with my therapist and my family and my support. And I'm not going to put any of this on you. Um, it's heartbreaking to know that I had to say that. 
Susanna cautiously, apologetically, asked her boyfriend to be nice to her when her father's time came. I guess if if there's ever a moment um, and you have the bandwidth for it, maybe we could just share some memories about my dad. That might help. Um, and I was like, you know, I think, you know, I don't need you to carry me, but I was like, you know, maybe one little nice thing, maybe a card or something. Um, and so he got me a card and it was, you know, really nice. It, a lot of it sounds contrived now, you know, I wonder if he like read these things and or saw these things in movies, but it was, you know, a card that was like, I don't want you to think you have to be anyway. Um, your sparkle is still there and I love you so much and we're going to get through this. Um, so he wrote that card, but then yet again, I'd have some days where, you know, I'd be a little sad about what was happening with my dad and I had to cry privately in my room. So he didn't think I was causing more trouble. Um, he would sometimes be nice about it, but I had so many of my emotions numbed at that point. I don't know what I was hiding. So then finally, um, end of October, I get the um, call that I should come say my final goodbyes to my dad, that a lot of people were coming from out of town to see them. And I told Luke, I said, okay, I'm uh, I'm going to go to the hospital today. And I think I'm going to say my goodbyes to my dad. And I was like, you know, it's just going to be me, my brother and his wife and my mom. And he goes, Susanna, please let me come with you. I said, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I love you, but you don't need to do that. This is a kind of intimate thing. And he grabbed me and he looked me in the eyes. He said, Susanna, I need to tell your dad that I'm going to look after his little girl. Um, and so I said, okay, you can come with me. Um, and so, you know, there my dad is, you know, barely alive. And, you know, me and Luke walk in and the last words I heard out of my dad's mouth were Luke's name. And, um, you know, looking back, that was such an intimate moment. If I had known what I know now, I would have never consented to that. You know, I never would have consented to any of this. That night, a big-name band was playing in an outside concert venue. Susanna and her brother had purchased tickets for it months earlier. They decided to go and try to enjoy themselves. And I remember my brother and I talking, and we were like, you know, we said our goodbyes to Dad. Um, We're at peace with this. We'll go to the concert, and we'll just try and enjoy ourselves. And that's exactly what we did. Um, However, all of a sudden... You know, we're we're going to the concert and then there's Luke brooding again. He's unhappy. He's annoyed with having to be there. You know, I just said my goodbyes to my dad and, and I'm going to this concert to try and have some normalcy. And he is brooding. And I remember saying to him, you don't need to come. What are you doing? And it's like, no, he's just come. And so then the concert starting, my brother and I are having this cathartic moment. We're singing and we're we're dancing and we're just sort of releasing all this stuff and there's Luke just brooding behind me the entire time um and and normally I would have to tend to him and figure out what was going on but that day I said no I'm gonna enjoy myself um so then the next morning I wake up and I get the phone call from my mom that says you know your dad has passed away said okay and you know I was kind of at peace with it it was was a little shaken up um Luke had just woken up and I walk over to the room and you know I I kind of I just wanted a hug from him I said hey Luke um looks like my dad finally passed away and I just had a couple tears in my eyes and he said (laughs) I was like I was walking towards him for a hug and and um he's you swore you weren't going to freak out about this and everything else is a blur I don't know how else he got me riled up but by the end I was just screaming I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Susanna just wanted some consolation Luke could not be bothered 
I was just losing my mind and, and freaking out at how much I was losing my mind. And I had no room and no permission to grieve my dad. I had none of that. And then, you know, we go with my family afterwards and he's in a bad mood. Friends and family, at least, were supportive. In the coming days, many people whom Susanna had known forever came to town to celebrate her father's life. A lot of us were in the living room laughing one night, sharing stories about my dad. And Luke was doing what he typically does in big groups where he'll either be on his phone. He doesn't always jump into conversations. You know, he'll ask me afterwards, how was my face? How was my face? Did I look mean? Did I look, you know, always ask me, how was his face? A few weeks after her father's passing, it was Thanksgiving. Luke invited Susanna to spend it with his family. On that trip, I had, you know, one of those memories I was talking about that was so great where, you know, he and I were in this cool store in this cool town and he just comes up to me, puts his forehead on to me and says, Susanna, I love you so much on our little trips like this. I just love our life together. Susanna knew a little bit about Luke's biological father and his childhood. Luke's parents divorced when he was eight, and Luke said that his father was awful. But in a conversation over the holiday, she learned a lot more. Luke and his mom laughingly shared a story from when he was in the fifth grade. There's this little sour spray candy where it's like liquid sour candy and you spray it in your mouth. So apparently Luke had brought one of those to school gone into the bathroom, emptied out the candy, and then he had urinated into that spray bottle and proceeded to go to every kid in the school and tell them to open their mouth and he'd spray it in there. You know, they were kind of laughing about it. You know, Luke gets that last sentence out and I just blurt out, I go, what? He was like, yeah. And I was like, why? And I almost had a smile on my face, too. But I, I was like, why? Why did you do that? He shrugged his shoulders. I said, did you have, like, other little, like, guy friends that you were, like, doing some, like, eight-year-old, like, prank with? He said, no, it was just me. The other children in the school were shocked and upset by Luke's behavior. The principal demanded that Luke get help. That's when he started seeing a therapist and was prescribed Prozac. Susanna also learned that when Luke was young, he had a bedwetting problem. His parents excused it by saying he was trying to get attention. Later, she would understand the significance of what she learned about Luke's early life. In the meantime, when they returned from the trip, Susanna continued to feel like her mental health was deteriorating. I was having more panic attacks, losing a ton of weight, couldn't juggle anything. I was at a table with a customer one day and I was trying to write out a phone number and I forgot how to like draw the number five. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it and it freaked me out. So I started looking up my symptoms online and the only thing that was coming up was like early onset Alzheimer's. So I kind of got freaked out that I had that. And I would tell Luke about it. He would laugh about it um, and be like, it's probably not that. It's just probably your awful ADHD. And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, my ADHD was manageable my whole life. But all of a sudden, it's detrimental, you know, so things were getting bad. Susanna still worried about what Luke was doing with his coworker, Tori. Even though he was due to move into a new studio at the end of the month, she hated every moment that he was working alongside her. One evening, sitting on the floor, she told him what she had written in her journal, that he seemed to have two distinct sides, one caring and the other capable of great cruelty. Luke was tired of hearing it. And he just goes, listen, he was like, we can never get over your insecurity with this girl because you keep bringing it up. He said, how about this, babe? How about I will literally buy us a shovel and we will write down all of your fears, all that you're worried about with me and with this. 
we'll we'll dig a hole in the park and we'll bury it. And I said, yeah, I want to do that. But I said, it's like, no matter what I do, I can't get these two sides together. And I don't know what came over me. I don't know where the strength came from, but I got very serious. I scooted closer to him and I looked him dead in the eyes. And I don't remember exactly what I said. It felt like something was speaking through me, but essentially what I said was I was, I got my breathing very deliberate. I looked at him and I said, you tell me right now. I said, I can't stop thinking about that car being missing. I said, I think about it every day when I try and decide on trusting you. I said, if you, if we go forward, I need to know the truth. That's what I need to let it go. And he didn't say anything. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, listen to me, I'm looking at you and I'm going to be able to tell if you're lying. Tell me right now, I am a big girl that can handle it. Tell me where that car was. And he said, uh, yeah, I was with her. And I... So, oh, like I just kind of, I went numb and, and, and in that moment, I mean, I just don't have the words. I had this quick flash of, I, and I said it out loud. I said, wait, 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 wait. I said this whole narrative, the whole time has been because I couldn't, trust you wait what did you, would you do that he said uh, he said uh, because you told me not to i said i didn't tell you not to i i i, I said i what he said i i know he's like I, I know it was it was it was stupid i i just needed to do it because you told me not to and i was like whoa you realize that the entire story this whole time has been that I'm crazy. Says, well, all it was was that. And um, then it started as that. I said, well, what was this? Were you physical? Were you physical? He said, no, no, she had a boyfriend. No, I just, you know, I'm so used to my relationships falling apart um, right away that it was, you know, you told me not to do it, but I figured the relationship was going to fail anyway. So I did it. I was like, oh my God, I stepped outside. I called my mom. I don't remember what I said. My world just stopped. Um, I come back in and I say, hey, you got to be honest with me. Was this an emotional affair? Was this, and you know, Donna, I... I hadn't been able to see the two separate Jekyll and Hyde by this point. So really, I'm just going off of him as being the human in the human suit that I know. And that one would have never been capable of, like, you know, our bond was so good when it was good that why would you even entertain that, you know? And and so I said, was it emotional? Did Did you feel anything? And he said, I don't know. I mean... I guess, you know, a little bit. I said, you know, you used to tell me she was so basic and lame and that you used to have a crush, but then you started working on her and realized how good you have it with me and all of that. And I was like, how many times? He said, just that one time, just that one time. I said, that was, you did that a week after we got back from visiting your parents. Why would you do that? And he didn't have answers. He threw out a number of things. Um, and I told him I was just frozen. Part of me died and the biggest part of me knew, you know, I can't be with him. Susanna wanted them to see a couple's counselor. Within 48 hours, she had an appointment. So here he was right as the therapist turns around, make sure that the therapist sees that, you know, he reached over to hold my hands. Um, we start talking in like a typical domestic violence situation, which the therapist did not clock. I immediately start crying 
And there's Luke next to me, cool, calm, and collected. And I basically tell the therapist, you know, this whole time I was working tirelessly in therapy. I thought I was crazy. And I um, um, I don't know what to do. He, he was lying, but it's just an emotional affair. And Luke said to the therapist, you know, yeah, it was just an emotional affair. And, you know, he was saying all these things he liked about me. And then at the end of the session, the therapist says, um, and Luke, he said, you know, Luke, Suzanne, I'd love to see you again. And uh, Luke, if there's anything you're leaving out, you need to tell her. Hearing the therapist say that changed a lot for Susanna. She hadn't thought it was possible to expect the truth from Luke. After the session, they got some food at a mall. Then they went to a basketball game with Susanna's brother. On the way, she asked again. There was nothing physical between Luke and Tori, right? He said, no. So we go to the basketball game with my brother. We have a good time. And then we're driving back. And I ask him again. I said, hey, I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, there had been a kind of slow disclosure from you the other night where more was revealed. And I, I keep anticipating something else. You promise it wasn't physical, right? He said, no. And I would see slight fluctuations in his face. And I would just be like, why is it? Why does your face look like that? Oh, are you lying? Are you lying? He'd say no. And so then um, we get back to the house. Um, and sure enough, I press again. And then it's revealed that, yes, it was physical. I ask him how many times. He shrugs his shoulders. He says, I have no idea. I was, I was shaking involuntarily. I said... You know, when we, I pointed, you know, after all of our trips, um, I do graphic design, so I would make us these collages or these fun photoshops or little comics about our trips. And I would include inside jokes and, um, you know, I would do sweet things like that all the time. And I pointed to our first year anniversary collage I met and I said, you were doing it during this? And he was silent and I said, and this, Wait, this was all a lie? And he did this thing when I was speaking before about that kind of like upturn of the lip and the the widening of the eyes. He did it pretty dramatically this time when I said, this was all a lie. He did that quick thing with his face and he covered his mouth with his hands and like he was grabbing it. And he said, no, like almost as if he was trying to conceal a laugh. And, um, I mean, my head just couldn't even compute that. And, I mean, I was just dead. I think um, prior to this, I had, you know, I think as, like, a society, we know cheating is bad. We see it in movies, and we're like, you know, what an asshole for the guy for doing that. That's so devastating. But it is nothing, nothing compared to it actually happening to you. I had no idea how incredibly multi-layered and anguishing it was. You know, I loved this guy down to the little girl in me. He claimed to love me down to the little girl in me. And all of these aspects that I thought were so special that I was building with this person. Um, I mean, I just don't have the words. Um, this was someone that was kind of part of my family. Um, he would call me his life partner. The friends that would see us would be like, you know, me and you guys are kind of like life partners. I, I, in those moments, memories were so special to me. I, uh, and eventually in coming to terms with what he actually is, um, you know, just that first layer of betrayal of the infidelity was very heartbreaking but that would be that was about to be just one of many incredibly deep violations and betrayals um i i couldn't believe he was so capable of it it, it was like the whole rela relationship flashed before my eyes and i almost felt this thing in my body lessen of like i kind of finally i thought i was losing my mind so i finally got an answer that I wasn't ready to fully integrate this belief yet, but I got the ember of a belief 
that I'm not crazy. I just got a slight smoldering ember that, that wait, maybe I don't have early onset Alzheimer's. Um, and that was absolutely horrific. Um, I went to bed that night and that is anything that was sacred or holy or pure about that bond was gone. Um, I didn't want it to be my life. I didn't want to wake up. I was like, I can't, I don't want this reality and it's forced upon me. And I don't want to do this. And I'll also interject and say that, you know, when I'm crying, telling this right now, I wasn't allowed to really cry about this at the time that I see him as this sort of kind of uh, subhuman sort of like entity thing that's different from me. So I'm not crying of like a, oh, dare you or you hurt me. I'm crying for me. I'm crying for me. Um, when I'm telling this, it breaks my heart because I'm feeling so sad for myself. Not sad like, oh, boo-hoo, but like a sad of like a talking to myself and saying like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Um, so that was the biggest, most insane rupture. You know, I had had this tie to him, this safety. He was the one that brought, that I, I sought out in times like this. And I couldn't go to the person in the most terrible moment of my life. So for 24 hours after that, he was incredibly kind. Um, I immediately, the next morning, I wasn't due to start my period for another two weeks. I started it immediately. Um, I was dry heaving. I couldn't keep anything down. Um, I couldn't eat. I could barely walk. <laughs> The next day, Susanna went to work. Between the stress and a bit of a stomach bug that she'd picked up, she felt terrible. Susanna had never missed a day of work in her life, but she could not finish her shift. So Luke had to come get me. He had to help me up the stairs to our apartment. And he held me and he read to me this meditation that my therapist had sent me. And he goes and he says that he spoke to his friend Paige and he says, you know, Paige says, wow, you were a survivor. And he was like, you know, but Paige says that uh, you should be angry with me more, not with Tori. And I remember saying, um, I was like, yeah, I can't be mad at you. I love you. And he says, no, I think it would be good for you to just get mad at me. And he successfully convinced me. I don't know what I said. I just cried. And I just said, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? And I guess what he was looking for was an excuse to disengage. And he got it. And he said, well, that was pretty abusive. And left. And, you know, I'm laying there just... You know, I'm viewing myself as like my mom's daughter. I'm somebody's sister. I'm like, I felt like I had been raped. Like I did. I felt like I had been, I felt like my soul had been raped. I mean, it was, I never felt anything like it. Um. So then the next morning, cold as ice, um, the remaining three weeks, I now have the words for, he was completely unmasked, um, and it's terrifying. Up until this point, Susanna had been in a rhythm with Luke. She felt bonded to him. Just a couple days ago, I couldn't wait to get off work to come home and just laugh and dance with him and the cats. And the next day, he is completely frozen still. He's sitting in his chair. He's barely blinking. He's not even moving. Um, it didn't even seem like he was breathing. 
He was just sitting there. I said, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And he just wouldn't even move. I was like, oh my gosh. So I go away and I hear this like maniacal laughter. I go back and he's just grabbing his face and he's going, ah, ah, like laughing almost like a a clown. I said, what's going on? He said, oh my, he's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm going manic. And he, the way I described it in a text message to my mom was I said, it's like he's a frenzied clown is what it felt like. Like a clown in the literal sense, like the makeup, like what we think of as like a silly clown. It was like frenzied and and he was just like, oh my God, like just like all crazy like that. And I was so worried. So I text his best friend. I say, hey, can you can you call Luke? I, I've never seen him like this. I'm, I'm really freaked out. His friend goes, sure, I'll call him. I mean, I can't describe it. It's like he's not a human anymore. It's like just this like evil thing. And so, you know, a text message I was sending to my mom, you know, I was so worried. I sent this text. I, I brought him in food. I brought him in coffee, water. I even tried to hold the coffee up to his mouth. I said, baby, can you drink something? Can you stay with me? Can you please just drink something? all he did he wouldn't even look at me he just grabbed it out of my hand walked to the kitchen poured it out and went in the other room and just sat there and i didn't know what was going on it's like he was a corpse he wasn't moving he wasn't looking at me it was just this evil little thing Luke and Susanna had one more couples counseling session the next day. We go in and I'm a mess. And I tell them, you know, it was revealed that it was physical. And I I told the therapist, I said, you know, I've told Luke, he's only got two more weeks at the studio with this girl, but I, I would love it if he could just please, like, if anything, just for me, just to do the one thing for me, can he just not go to the studio? I don't, I, I don't feel safe. And then Luke erupted in a way I have never seen with biting vitriol. He screams at the therapist. He looks at me with insanity and he looks at the therapist and he says, she should fucking break up with me. What is she doing? She All she's doing is punishing me. She doesn't want me to make money. She just wants to punish me. I've got all these bills I need to pay and I can't make the money if I don't go. And it, it, it was, I, I said, I said, no, it was like, no matter what, he couldn't see that I was just somebody that loved him that was asking, hey, I have not asked anything of you. I am just asking you to please see me as a human. Just understand. And I said, no, I'm not punishing you. Not everybody works that way. That's not how my mind works. I want to feel safe. I'm dying. Please. And, and he just claims, you know, okay, well, I guess I'll sell all this stuff. And I couldn't even, I didn't have time to make sense of his words because I couldn't even make sense of his reaction. And I, I I just told him, I said, hey, I will pay you the money that you will miss to just please not go into the studio. I will pay you. I will pay you not to do it. He says, okay, so I'm going to have to work through. You just want me to sit at home and work through. I said, and that's how the conversation was. He got so mad and I couldn't make sense of it. So I gave in. I said, fine, go go to the studio and I put a mask on because I was so ashamed. I felt so ugly. I didn't want him to see my face. (laughs) And um, I just couldn't look at him. And uh, he, uh, you know, as soon as he got permission to go to the studio, it's like there was a lightness in his step again. And I was so angry, but I was so oppressed. I couldn't. And so, again, it was several days of him being so cold. I mean, the worst, the worst it's ever been. The worst it's ever been. I don't have It's like his pupils were just permanently dark. It's like he wanted 
to kill me. And, you know, I mentioned that and he's talking, you know, about how crazy I am and how I read too much into faces. In hindsight, Susanna realizes that with Luke, she needed two different relationship skill sets. The way she acted when he was good was very different from how she acted when he was cruel. He started the shutdown and I immediately went into, okay, let's not cry anymore. Let's not cry anymore. I dug up the ice packs um, and I made a promise. I said, I am going to be as upbeat as possible so he can remember how good it can be. And I will only cry when he's gone. So I'd wake up in the morning and I would go into that guest room and close the door, put a pillow over my face and just sob. And then I would make sure that when I went out, um, I didn't see it, that he couldn't see it because he would tell me, he'd be like, we need to just call it quits. You can't handle this. You can't handle this. You'll never be able to trust me again. And, you know, I still think he's a human at this point. So my only explanation for him acting this way is that he, for some reason, has a lot of shame and guilt. So I was looking up, you know, all these betrayal, infidelities, group help things and about like how to take care of the betrayer and I was sending him articles about guilt and reminding him that it's okay. I trust him. I love him. And um, I said, you know, let's, let's get up and moving. You're sitting here. Ice cold. I said, let's go ride a bike. Let's do something. Let's take a break from this misery. Let's pretend like it didn't happen. Let's just do anything other than just sit here and give into it. Can we push forward? And he wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't do it. Finally, Susanna talked Luke into watching some funny TV shows. They laughed, but he still wouldn't touch her. Susanna also liked psychological thrillers. Usually she had a high tolerance for blood and guts. But on one of the last nights with Luke, the movie they were watching affected her. I got really hot. I got nauseous. I got lightheaded. And I had to get up. Uh, it was like I kind of felt the weight of everything coming. And I have never passed out before in my life, but I get about halfway down the hall and everything goes black and I just crumble in this door frame. And again, when I'm crying, I'm, I'm, cry I'm crying for me, the precious girl on the floor there. Um, I, get, I had just passed out. And I, I bonked my head a little on the frame on the way down. There was just a little bit of blood. And, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't out for that long. I, just, I fell and, I, and I'm crumpled on the ground. And I just hear this roar of laughter from the living room. He said, you can't hack it. And I, I'm crumpled on the floor. And I started doing this thing. I was involuntarily shaking so hard that my teeth cut through my lips and blood was coming in my mouth. And I'm sitting here, imagine in this moment for as horrific as it sounds, imagine also truly believing it's your fault, truly believing it's your fault and I'm crumpled there and I can't keep it together. And he's laughing at me. And this was the guy that held my hand at my dad's funeral not that long ago and I in that moment had never felt so alone in my life and I just crumpled and everything else is a blur. Susanna could no longer hide the shakes and Luke was ice cold. So finally he just comes in one night he in He's in that solid freaking mood. And I just said to him, I said, what is it? He said, yeah, I'm done. I said, okay. Luke told Susanna that the relationship had gone on for too long. He stayed with her just to be nice. He slept with the other woman for the thrill of it. Maybe he didn't actually love her. He just stayed out of guilt. Susanna had one last request. She asked that they meet with her therapist. Luke reluctantly agreed. 
She was hoping that she would be heard. That didn't happen. He was an absolute ass to my therapist. He screamed and he yelled at me. He said, you need to get over this. You make things up so much bigger in your head. You make it worse for yourself. Just, we had some good times. Cut your, we cut our losses and we go our separate ways. It was good while it lasted. And I, I was just floored. I had no idea, no idea what to do. And I didn't understand the anger. I even told him, I said, why are we yelling about this? Why does it have to be yelled? What, where is the anger coming from? You know? And, um, my therapist teared up too. Um, you know, so we're like, okay, I go home. He makes plans to move out. Um, he, if I had a stomach bug, I guess he got it. Um, you know, one of the last nights with him was the only time I ever saw him cry. He had a stomach bug so bad that I went to the store and I got all this stuff for him. Um, and I go into the bedroom where he's lying and he's in so much pain that for the first time in the two and a half years, I saw a tear escape his eye and he had never looked more human to me than in that moment. And this warmth came over me and I felt sad for him. And as I'm feeling this, he looks at me and he says, did you fucking poison me? And I said, no, like that's all he said. The relationship was over. Within 24 hours, Luke deleted all photos of them from social media. He followed all the girls that he had unfollowed for Susanna. He talked about getting a new bachelor pad. It was miserable and um, it was horrific. And all my insecurity, I would even tell him, I said, what, am I not pretty enough? Am I not pretty enough? And he would shrug his shoulders. I said, are you not attracted to me? He would shrug his shoulders. And I would say, what is it? What is it that's so bad about me? And, uh, one time he said this, he said, you know what, Susanna, you're great. And he said with anger in his voice, this is so creepy looking back. He said, you got literally the best side of me. He said, I am just going to disappoint you. This is all I'm capable of. And then he said to me, he said, you know, you really got to learn about red flags. The next thing she knew, Luke was gone about the beginning of January and I'm standing in our, our empty apartment wondering, you know, I, I still felt, I could still hear the voices of him and his, our cats in the walls and I just stood there and even though it had been three weeks, it felt as quick as just me describing that to you on this podcast that out of nowhere in the blink of an eye, I'm, I'm just standing here and I have no idea what happened. I'm Donna Anderson, and this is True Love Fraud Stories. Be sure to listen to the rest of Susanna's story. In part three, Susanna describes how she figured out the truth about her relationship and embarked on a journey of recovery. Then, Listen to the story of another woman targeted by Luke and how he affected her. I also invite you to listen to expert commentary related to this story. I interviewed Dr. Leanne Leadham, a psychiatrist and expert on psychopathy. We talk about how abuse, trauma, and betrayal affect the brain. To listen to this show ad-free, please subscribe to True Love Fraud Stories. As a subscriber, you'll be invited to Love Fraud Live, my informal support group. I do a short presentation about sociopaths and narcissists, and then answer your questions. Was there another thing that you wanted to bring up before talking about moving in together? One other thing that really screwed me up, um, you know, he claimed he saw a therapist um, and there'd be a few times in the mid phase of the relationship where, you know, 
I was acting up again and I couldn't get control of my emotions. And he would tell me, he'd say, you know, my therapist, this is a direct quote. He said, my therapist says that your trust issues are making me pull away from you and you're causing chaos for both of us. He said his therapist said that. Um, And, you know, whether he had a therapist or not, looking back, it's like, well, clearly you weren't honest with your therapist and telling him about how deceitful you were being, or you don't have a therapist at all. Um, So that was one thing that kept me chained as well. True Love Fraud Stories is produced by lovefraud.com. For more information about this story, other great stories, or if you'd like to share your story, visit podcasts.lovefraud.com. Engineering is by Terry Kelly. To learn how to recognize and recover from everyday sociopaths, visit lovefraud.com. You'll find articles, books, and webinars. You can also book an appointment with me, Donna Anderson, for a personal consultation. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.